0: and gentlemen. Live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide, your inside look into combat sports. You know what? As long as she fights at 135 pounds, I don't care if she's injecting a horse demon into her eyeballs. And now, the host of the longest running fight show in radio and internet history. But I want to start getting paid. I want to start making heavyweight money. Pedro Fernandez. Yeah, you know, just excited. Uh, just excited to be back. I wish we could do a fight every night. You know me, Pedro.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, emanating, coming at you from Sports Byline HQ in the city by the bay of San Francisco. Check it. This is Ring Talk. Often imitated but never duplicated, welcome to the longest running fight show in history, Ring Talk Live Worldwide. My name is Pedro Fernandez. For the next hour... The modest one will attempt to entertain you, inform you, and maybe even tick you off to an extent. Straight off, if I can do one of those three things, we'll have a good time for the next hour. Open phone lines all around the planet. You can join me and the PhD of boxing. Of course, he'll be joining me in a couple of minutes. Mr. Socrates Palmer, Jr. The toll-free listener line, one 800 878 one 800 878 Or the guilt-free no-commitment text line. The text line... 415-275-1613. The studio text line once again, 415-275-1613. There's been a change in our Sirius XM status. We are now on Sirius XM satellite channel number 217, it used to be 211, now it's 217, so straighten that out, straight up, this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide, Socrates will be here in a little while, we'll talk about the big fight of the weekend, ah oh, yeah, so the heavyweight champion of the world, or one of them, there's two of them really, there's the real heavyweight champion, and there's these other guys running around with belts, I'm we'll talking about Tyson Fury, the heavyweight champion of the world, of course, sort of sidelined, because of the fact Bob Arum couldn't put that deal together a couple of weeks ago, of course he spent six weeks in training, which is good for him, because he was, that's 42 days, he wasn't screwing around, but straight up, the other champion, Anthony Josh, taking on Kubrat Pula today. Of course, that'll be on The Zone. Shakur Stevenson on ESPN, going to rock and roll one of the best boxers in the world. Straight up, you are tuned to Ring Talk, live worldwide on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, Channel 217.
0: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
1: Twelve minutes past the hour. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide Saturday coming to you from the city by the bay, San Francisco, California. We take it from the city by the bay and the left coast to the right coast, not politically, geographically. I'm talking about the Bronx and Mr. Socrates Palmer.
2: How are you today, sir? I'm well, brother. How's everything?
1: Happy Saturday. Yeah, things things are good. You know, we, we, things things are, I'm, I'm well. Is the family good?
2: Yeah, everybody's cool. Uh, my wife and I, uh, we're on the countdown. She's about, uh, maybe four weeks from her due date. So, you know, we're good. You know, got a lot of baby wipes and bibs and, you know, all that stuff, all that good stuff. Well,
1: the baby wipes, that's always been a part of my, uh, my metro, metrosexual lifestyle. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, but, but congratulations on all that. Of course, big boxing weekend. Let's talk about last weekend just for a second. Of course, Danny Garcia, same old Danny, huh? Showing up and like, you know, basically bringing a derringer to a, to a machine gun fight.
2: Yeah. You know, that fight last week was basically, you could just a microcosm of his whole career. You know, um, once again, a winnable fight and just he did enough to lose, in my opinion, you know, and not to take away from Errol Spence, who I thought fought, he fought, he fought the right fight. You know, um, I thought there could have been a moment that he could have tried to maybe show that a little, you know, finish the show, you know, uh, declare himself without a doubt. Hey, I'm the best welterweight in the world and maybe go for a stoppage. But he was content that he saw a guy that really wasn't trying to win. You know, a guy that wasn't throwing enough punches, uh the same Danny, never. He really hasn't changed in the last few years. Uh, his career has kind of just stayed stagnant since the Matisse fight, and he hasn't been the same caliber fighter at welterweight as he was at 140 pounds. And, um, you know, it is what it is, you know. Uh, but, but the der- just the not der- great. You
1: know, the Derringer thing, the idea you only threw one shot or two, when the other guy was yeah. throwing multiple punches, it was just all night long, and I kept, and he came, and Hector Martinez kept pulling, I know he was pulling for Danny to throw a hook here and there. Dan, Dan, to throw a hook, Danny had to commit himself. He couldn't, he wouldn't commit.
2: No, no, I remember you told me that years ago, that it takes stones to throw a left hook, you know, you gotta step into it. And it was just a right hand, I mean, and he caught Errol a few times, I mean, that's boxing, right? If you throw, you know, every once in a while you're going to hit the guy, you know, but he just didn't, he just didn't throw enough. Um, There was no commitment to the body really, you know, to test a guy who hasn't fought in such a long time, you know.
1: Got rolled in a car?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just, there was no sense of urgency, you know, at any point, you know, and it's funny because his father, you know, for most of his career has been criticized because Angel Garcia basically learned on the job. I thought he was giving his son great instructions in that corner. You know, he was telling him, Hey, you know, you got to fight this guy. You know, you got to throw punches, you know, he, and we didn't see that. And, you know, I, I think Danny Garcia, what I'm not going to say ruined him, but I think what kind of compromised him from being great is that he's made some good paydays.
1: Yeah. And, 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 and he's a little bit more, um, hipper than the average guy to what's going on around the money-wise lifestyle yes. wise. I mean, he's a pretty responsible young man.
2: Yes, a- absolutely. I mean, Danny Garcia, if your son grew up to be Danny Garcia, he'd be pretty, pretty proud. You know, you never hear him in trouble. Um, he's kept most of his money, which is more important than making money. Um, he's got good businesses from what I understand. He's into real estate. He's got a lovely young lady, uh, Cutting
1: to the chase, cutting to the chase. He's just hes just not a Philadelphia-type fighter, though, is he?
2: Uh, you know, he, yeah, no, he's not the uh, the storied, gritty Philadelphia fighter. At least he hasn't been the last few years. I think ever since the Matisse fight, man, that that's really was, like, the pinnacle of his career, you know. Uh, he hasn't been the same killer.
1: Okay, let's talk about tonight's fight. First up, let's roll the weigh-in.
0: First on the scale, with a record of twenty-eight and two, with nineteen KOs, Tokacon Clary. Yeah. One twenty-nine. One twenty-nine. One two-nine for Tokacon Clary. And next on the scale, with a perfect record of 14-0, eight victories by knockout Shakur Stevenson. 130.5 130.5 for Stevenson. Remember, 10-round fight. Not a title fight yet. Title fight's going to be coming up for Shakur Stevenson at 130 pounds, but he checks in at but 130.5. He test, but he's still got to make the weight, man. You know, and
1: point .5 doesn't seem like a whole lot, but, you know, fighters are at their weakest point right here. You know, you, they get on the scales, and they look all buff and strong, and, yeah, but we're at our weakest point, man. It's a fragment of what will be the next day. So, coming in here, point .5 over... Could be a scale issue, could be a scale issue, but he has to make that weight. Well, he's gonna make it. He's got You he took his watch off. You know, I'm not worried about 05 he He'll will drop the shorts, and he he'll should drop make everything. it. But he on this, on this second try right here. But you You know, shouldn't have to drop the draw, Dre. I mean, 10, what? man? It's, a, it's a .5. I get it. Now, if it's a pound or or above, I understand. It's
0: 0.5 Second go go-around here for Shakur to make 130. 130. 130. There it is, Timmy. I'm, glad, hey, I'm glad you made it. Made um, it. The mask, the shorts, the watch, and the little booties. Solid too. took any I, weight class, you look at the top is right now. Bottom line is pound for
1: pound, straight up. Of course, uh, wow, Shakur Stevenson climbing the ladder. First at 126 pounds, now at 130 pounds, still undefeated. Got an opponent tonight. That's supposed to be a live guy. That's going to go on ESPN, I believe. And of course, Showtime's got a card too. PhD, uh, Socrates Palmer Showtime's gonna go as well?
2: Yeah. Um you got, uh, Brooklyn's own, uh, Little B-Hop, uh, in the main event, the lightweight, um, uh, Colbert, uh, he's a, a good prospect, he's got a, uh, a, a, a strap, and he is gonna be Matched up pretty tough from what I understand. I don't know the opponent. Uh, the undercard has Argenis Mendez fighting on it, who's a former world champ. Uh, it seems that they could probably set up, uh, if they both take care of business, I could see that as the next fight, uh, between those two. Um, so it's, it's, it's a lot of fights on, on today. And then of course, uh, Anthony Joshua's fighting, uh, not much buzz around it, uh, He's so, fighting a guy that you expect him to win, but a guy in Pulev who is a uh, a veteran, a guy that's on a winning streak, and someone that you figure he's got to be hungry. I mean, he's thirty nine; he doesn't have many more chances at the, at a world title, and he's. Got his time uh, in the big stage.
1: Well, he looked like he prepared himself well, and he's trying to get into um, Anthony Joshua's head. Of course, Joshua has been knocked out by the Pillsbury Doughboy, and uh, if that's—I mean, if you want to look—you want to look, look at, at highlight films. Look at that. The fact that if you can touch him on the chin, you can get to him. I'm talking about Anthony Joshua. If I was six foot eight, six foot, eight, I just don't think too many guys would touch me on the chin.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean. Anthony Joshua definitely has shown chinks in his armor and, and could fight. You know, if you look at Pulov's record, Mm -hmm. he's been in there against some really good opponents. Um, his one loss, he was starched by Vladimir Klitschko, but you know, he's beaten Tony Thompson. Uh, he's been in there with some rugged guys and, uh, there seems to be some bad blood. Uh, I don't know if it's more gamesmanship, like you said, but, you know, there's, there was some tension at the weigh-in, and, and I hope Pulev comes to fight. You know, I think he's a live dog.
1: He's a gritty, gritty dude, and grit, sometimes grit, sometimes grit prevails. I mean, look, fat prevailed one time against Joshua, so maybe grit could prevail this time. Uh, looks like Fury is gonna be in action today, of course, that's gonna be across the pond. Tim Zoo is going on the 16th. Boxing uh boxing's got a buzz to it right now. Maybe not all the greatest fights in the world, but there are fights on T V.
2: Yeah, that's great. It's it's great for the fight fans. Um boxing tends to do that. Doesn't really tend to do that much towards the end of the year. Uh normally from my I remember HBO and Showtime would kinda run like a year's best. Oh. So it's nice to see that that uh they're trying to make up for the lost time of the pandemic
1: December um, used to be horrible. I mean boxing would end like December third or fourth and and there would be nothing for the entire maybe a couple of ESPN cards, but HBO would go on vacation showtime would would call it a day in the whole nine yards, and you 're right. the year end shows got got old um but boxing is a buzz. What about the your, the boy from your uh your neck of the woods Tiafimo Lopez what's happening with the world Lightweight champion? Any word on him what he's going to do?
2: Um, from my understanding, they made to throw a big chunk of money at him uh, to go to Australia uh, to fight uh, his mandatory for the IBF. Uh, I forget the kids' I I name. i do it in a her. minute.
1: Yeah. i do it in a minute. Take the money, go to Australia. Come on. He's, good. He's not one of those guys like me no. that can go into other hometowns and lose. <laughs> no, I,
2: I, I think if he fights this guy, it's not going to, the judges will have an easy time.
1: We'll get to that after <laughs> the break. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide on Sports by Line. And the new iHeart, uh, the new Sirius XM Satellite Radio Channel, of course, is now 217. Ring Talk Live Worldwide, Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific on 2 p.m. Eastern time on Sirius XM Satellite Radio Channel 217. You're tuned to Ring Talk.
0: Some white drivers. I do. You do? Well, where are they? Look at all these niggas in here. Look around here. There's enough niggas in here to make a Tarzan movie. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Clap your hands, sir. Stop being racist. Clap your hands.
1: Happy birthday to my buddy, Red Fox. Straight up, we're going into the Tyson... Uh Burbick fight, 1986 or 87, 87 I believe. when well, Tyson won the title, of course, uh, knocking that Burbick out in the second round. So anyway, I, I end up scalping tickets. I had some great tickets, so I scalped the tickets because somebody offered me like five, six, seven times what they were worth, and like, like like two grand for like a $400 ticket. So I had to let it go. I mean, I had to. This was a capitalist in me. So anyway, I'm trying to scam a couple of other tickets for me and my buddy Lenny Albert, a former Golden Gloves champion, and up walks Red Fox. I say to myself, boom, Lenny, give me your picture, give me your camera, I'll take a picture of you and Red Fox. So I get him and Red Fox together, and I'm looking through the camera, and I'm saying to myself, something looks wrong. I mean, I can see there's there's big white lines hanging off of Red Fox's nose. What I mean is, There's white powder strips on each nostril. You can see it hanging down into his mustache. He was snorting blow in the parking lot, and he forgot to wipe his nose off or his shirt. And when he walked into the arena, he was full of cocaine. So I tried to get the picture from Lenny Albert for years. He has it somewhere, but he never gave it to me. Bottom line is, happy birthday, Red Fox. You changed the world in a lot of ways as far as freedom of expression is concerned. And straight up, black comedy. You were the man, no doubt about that. The godfather, Red Fox. For one godfather to a PhD, of course, from the Bronx, we we'll talk about Mr. Uh, Socrates Palmer. Socrates, is Caleb Plant a live opponent for, um, for Canelo Alvarez next week?
2: Uh, Caleb uh,
1: Smith? Yeah, Caleb Smith, I'm sorry, Caleb Plant, Caleb Smith, I'm sorry.
2: Um, I think so. I mean, he is, I mean, he's campaigned at this weight pretty much his whole career, uh, However, I, I, there's been rumors that he's, ha- he's really struggling to, to maintain that weight. Um, Canelo's team is pretty smart, you know, in terms of mm-hmm. catching up an opponent when they're at the right time. Uh, but Caleb Smith's a big puncher. Uh, at one point, he was considered the best super middleweight. Um, I think he's a very live opponent. Uh, this is definitely going to be the biggest stage for him, and he may get his best effort, you know. Now, Canelo is the he, he's the face of boxing. You know, He's the, you know, he and probably you can make the you can make the argument he's a pound for pound best fighter. You know, just in terms of his resume and, and and what he's accomplished. So I think it's an it's a really intriguing matchup and uh Canelo Smith could present an issue for Canelo.
1: Okay, a month ago Canelo's sued in the zone and this month he's on the zone. What does that mean? <laughs>
2: uh never never I never let small money get in the way of big money. You
1: know? <laughs> I heard some Chinese dude tell me that in Beijing about no Beijing well, yeah, in Beijing about 25, 30 years ago. I, yes, I, I, I
2: think
1: you. I, yeah, I know. I ended yeah. up getting like I, I think I got a cent. I was I was supposed to folks, I was supposed to go in this room and work out this T V deal where they wanted three and a half to four cents per unit. And the Chinese guy told me I was only getting one cent per unit and didn't matter what I was saying, no how much to go no, no matter what was going on, I was getting the one cent or nothing. And he says to me, Mr. Fernandez, do not let a little money stand in the way of big money. And he was right, and that's what Socrates was reporting right there. Let's go back to the lightweight situation. Of course, we're talking about Tiafimo Lopez undefeated lad from Brooklyn, New York. Of course his people are from Honduras. Uh, but the guy we we're talking about is George Cambosos, of course, Junior, nineteen and zip. 10 KOs came off that win over Leo's. He lit Leo Selby up like the White House Christmas tree and one judge, one judge, I mean of all, actually one judge gave it to, to Selby. I was blown away by, it. I remember the announcers going, what, what fight was he watching?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, it was competitive. Uh, Cambosos, he, he, I don't know if it's facially or whatever. He kind of reminded me of Vinny Pazienza a little bit when he was a lightweight, like that type of dude that just reckless, you know, hands down, throws a lot of punches, decent hand speed, not a whole lot of power. And coming in with your hands down and not too much power is tailor-made for Teofimo Lopez to to starch him. You know, I think it's a great matchup for Lopez, especially after fighting someone who's the complete opposite and um, Lomachenko, this is a guy that's going to be right in front of him. He's ballsy, so therefore he's going to take chances, and and it's not going to favor too well for him. So it's an excellent matchup, and it's a mandatory, and uh, he can make a big check and out the, in Australia.
1: And the Australians are like, will throw down all kinds of money. Uh Triple G is back. Uh, Gennady Golovkin. I thought he'd retire. I'm just giving him a bad time. But he's back for He's taking on Camille uh ometa for the IBF middleweight title. That's going to go down next week as well. Um, How many fights has he got left and what does he have left?
2: Uh, That's a good question. I mean, Triple G has been around. Forget just the pros. I mean, the amateurs. I mean, he's been fighting for a long time. Um, Why does he do it? He must still enjoy it, you know, uh. Um, he's greedy. Uh, you know, he's, he's,
1: he's and, greedy. He's greedy. Come I mean, on, man. I mean, he's made, I'm he, sure he's made the, enough money to go back and buy a, that country he lives in. Th- does he live
2: out there? Is he no, California? but, but, but
1: you still, he could buy, he's made a lot of money is what I'm trying to say. There's, I mean, he hasn't gone the minimum wage route. He hasn't got, uh, super, super, uh, Canelo type of money, but he's made a lot of money considering his talent level.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I'm just assuming. I don't think, you know, he's riding around in a 2020 Bentley. I don't think he's, you know, popping Ace of Spades and Cristal every night. I think he's probably living within a reasonable means, you know. Um, He must still enjoy the fight game, you know. And Golovkin at one point was must-watch TV, you know. He was knocking everybody out in Mm -hmm. front of him. But Father Time is undefeated, and he hasn't looked spectacular in, in probably about two years now. And uh, I think he's going to, for this next fight, he knows he's got something to prove if he wants to get either one more chance at Canelo, which I don't think many people are clamoring for, or anyone else, you know, maybe even uh, a jump to 68 uh, in Caleb Plant, which probably would be stylistically a bad fight for him, but he's looking for one last big Payday, and um, I think I think Golovkin's a guy with a lot of pride. I think he's going to show up, and and I think you're going to see a glimpse of of the old Golovkin, and not an old Golovkin.
1: Speaking of old that guys, is, speaking of old guys, 7-7-0-7, seven seven oh seven, July seventh, two thousand seven, Nonito Donaire knocked out. Victor Chinian, like an incredible one punch knockout. It was like, wow. You couldn't believe it. Like one of those knockouts for, 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 for centuries you can look at it on, on highlight reels. Now he's like, you know, 12 years later, 13 years later, 13 years later, still trying to fight. He tested positive for COVID. So he's out of this main event he was supposed to be in, in the next week, but he's 40 and six, 26 kills. Man, you know, he's a smart kid and he, except for the fact he had his wife managing him, but, but he's a smart kid. You know, wow. He, he's not, I don't want to see guys get hurt. And, and I understand, you know, he could probably do Filipino, uh, commentary and that kind of stuff and make a few bucks. You know what I'm saying? Because Manny's not doing it, so he'd be the next guy. So he can make a living doing that. Why does he still want to fight, man?
2: You know, he, it's funny, he kind of surprised me that he's still around, you know, because I remember, you know, when he was at his peak, you know, he was, uh, I, you thought that he had a career in media. I know he was big on photography and, you know, and, he really, you know, he dominates two languages. You know, he's a, he's a good looking guy. Um, but once again, I mean, he likes to fight. I, I'm assuming he, he still enjoys it. You know, um, that spotlight is addictive. That's, that's an addictive drug. You know, getting, you know, coming out in front of a big crowd. I mean, now obviously it's not going to happen, but having your name called out and, and, and making that ring walk. That's, that's really hard, you know, Hard to get that type of high. Okay,
1: and, um, Okay. Let, let me let me admit this before we go, before I let you go. There's your, your theme music. My best friend's wife is kicking my ass. Okay. She's like doing pads and and I'm struggling to win a four round decision shadow boxing. Okay, she's right. she's running the lake in forty eight minutes. I would never run the lake in in my life. It's like almost five miles, so I only run two and a half, three miles. But the bottom line is, the my buddy's old lady's kicking my ass. I think I want to come back and fight in the senior golden gloves next year. Am I out of my mind, real quick?
2: No, bro. I see you doing that world work. You only, Yolo, right? You only live once. Go for it. Yeah, okay. uh, I, I, Matter of fact, if you fight in if you fight in the senior gloves, I'm gonna be in your corner. Oh, all right, okay. Well, you got, that's that's something. You're about to, just Fran, I'm going to work your coin. Cool. Okay, Sock, work it out. We'll talk soon. Have a good weekend. All right, champ. Be so- well.
1: Socrates Palmer and this old man talking about dreams. You're tuned to Ring Talk.
0: Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Hello, Kelly.
1: Little East Bay Soul here. Of course, they are a uh, a band put together by Greg Adams, Westmore High School. Greg was a hot trumpet player, man. Like he was a guy around here. They offered him the Joliet School of Music. He said, "No, no, I don't think so." Say what? Yeah, he turned down Joliet and went to uh, went live with Tower Power, and the rest is history. Of course, he is now the leader of East Bay Soul, and they are throwing like week. Every a concert every Friday night on Facebook. Check them out, East Bay Soul. I kid you not. Now four weeks ago, <coughs> uh, <laughs> how can I put this? Devonson Figueroa was a uh, the main event, of course, on ESPN as far as uh, defending the fightweight championship was concerned. Well, tonight he defends it again. Of course, UFC two fifty six trying to go with a pay per view card tonight. Except they really don't have any pay-per-view type of fighters. I mean, they've got... I mean, the, ki- the kid's a good fighter. There's no doubt about him. I mean, he's 20-1. He's and 1. I think he lost that one fight. It was a decision. Brandon Moreno's a good opponent. But, you know, Tony Ferguson and Charles, o- Charles Oliveira, F- Tony Ferguson being the former lightweight champion, who was destroyed in his last fight. Um, Mackenzie Durman, Verna Janadoba... They're going to hook it up in a women's strawweight bout. But outside of that, I mean, you got to go down to Junior Dos Santos, a former world heavyweight champion. He was on this show in the past. I remember having him on the show and, like, having to lead him around on a leash? I don't know if it was a language issue or he was punchy or whatever it was, but Cuddy was sitting there in the other room. He was doing the engineering on that one. He was going, what's wrong with this guy? What's wrong with this guy? Anyway, Junior Dos Santos taking on somebody the name of Cyril Game. That's going to be the main card, of course. That's going to be ESPN. Take that back. That is on pay-per-view tonight, so if you've got 90 bucks to blow and you like you you want to make Dana White a little richer or some of those? Yeah, yeah, throw some money on that. Outside of that, watch it on YouTube afterwards or maybe ESPN. Uh, the ESPN Plus card is before. It's probably even a better card. Cub Swanson and Daniel Pineda are in that ESPN2 main event. Of course, the fights always start on Fight Pass and ESPN Plus as far as the UFC is concerned. Now, last week, uh, not a whole lot as far as excitement is concerned because of the fact that these aren't big names. And you've got to have names. Uh, Martin Vedin. Uh, Marvin Vedden beat Jack Hermanson. Was unanimous not across the board. Of course, that was a bit of an upset. Jack, I think, has come to us from Scandinavia. He was a good fighter, but they wanted to pump him up, of course, and do a big, big fight over there across the pond in Europe. It didn't happen. And the co-feature. Catchweight bite, 207, 207.5 pounds, meaning somebody didn't make light heavyweight. Jamal Hill knocked out former light heavyweight title challenger. I'm talking about Ovin St. Pru. I think he went to distance with John Jones at TKO and TKO on punches. That lasted three minutes and 37 seconds into the uh, second round. Outside of that, you know, the UFC, I keep saying it over and over again. You know, some guy said last week, I heard it on this radio network, the UFC is killing boxing. Yeah, maybe with 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 quantity, but not with quality. I mean, neither sport has really given us stone cold quality. I mean, I look at Shakur Stevenson's opponent tonight on ESPN. I mean he was he was knocked out by a guy that was fourteen and seven. So I'm guessing I'm I'm thinking that Shakur's not, not gonna have too many problems with him. And of course that's coming to you from the ESPN bubble in uh Las Vegas, Nevada, Bob Aaron now, eighty nine years old putting it together. While his counterpart his arch enemy, his business partner, a couple of occasions. Talk about Don King, pretty quiet. Talked to Don about <clears throat> three months ago. Pedro, I'm about to announce something big. I'm going to come on your radio show and announce something big. Of course, COVID was happening then. It's still happening now. And I ain't heard a word from him. Speaking of COVID, COVID in the family struck a real close family member. So I'm trying to say he's, uh, he's in good shape. He's about six, seven days into this. Some days he feels good. Some days he feels bad. He's having problems with his respiratory, his breathing. Concern. Of course, that seems to be the main issue with the COVID. But um, as far as other people are concerned, my friends are losing people left and right. So I didn't want to even talk about this in the show. But, you know, I, I survived the AIDS epidemic here in San Francisco. I did. And uh, I wasn't gay, but I was straight. And and, I, and it, was a, it was a gay and a straight thing. Started off a gay thing. Then it went to gays and straights. Anyway, bottom line is... I thought everybody had it. That's the way I sort of treated everything. Everybody's got it, so you didn't, you know, engage like you might normally have. And this is the way it is now. Just, just, just stay away from people. I mean, get close to your family, and except so the people you live with. Outside of that, everybody else has got it. Everybody else has got it. Wear a mask all the time. Um, I see that the CDC and I even Fox News now is, is promoting masks. Think about this. Think about it. Fox News and all these pigeon heads over there um, would have um, would have said that masks were cool like eight or nine months ago. What if that Trump dump, of course, who got beat up on the Supreme Court not once but twice this week, um, what if he'd have said, why don't you wear masks? Well guess what? They estimate that maybe maybe we'd have saved a hundred thousand people with masks. A hundred thousand people we've had like two hundred and fifty, two hundred and seventy thousand people dead and they're expecting another quarter of a million people dead by the end of January. So what am I trying to tell you is be as careful as you can and just make like everybody's got it. That's the way me and Cuddy are doing it. I mean, Cuddy and I, like, we don't have come in contact. We're like loners to begin with, but we're not coming in contact with people. We see people, the mask is on and keep your distance as far as six feet is concerned now. A Korean study has proved that the disease or the virus can move to about up towards of 20 to 25 feet in a room without air conditioning. So that's an issue that you might want to think about straight up. Outdoor dining, indoor dining, probably not too cool. The only way you want to dine is with the people you live with. Be careful, be safe. You are doing the Ring Talk Live worldwide. This is your inside look into the world of boxing, MMA. Guess who's coming back? Connor McGregor, of course, the guy that made a bundle of money, a bundle of money with Floyd Mayweather doing that boxing exhibition a few years ago. Of course, then he started his own whiskey brand after that and got in some trouble with the police. And he's just—he's sort of, uh, could I put it this way, a main event guy, but he's sort of past his peak. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Connor would be a main event no matter what he did as far as boxing or MMA. So, sir, because he's got that attitude, and people buy into that attitude that, that I'm a tough guy and I can do this and I can do that. But him wanting to fight Manny Pacquiao, I don't think so. In fact, we'll talk about Manny Pacquiao in a second. But it looks like Duny, uh, Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor are going to hook it up. And, of course, that's a rematch. I don't want to see anything go again. Listen, rematches don't go any different than the first fight. 99% of the time, they don't go any different than the first fight. Other than that, the guy that won the first time usually dominates more the second time. Okay, that's the way that goes. Manny Pacquiao... Called out Earl Spence. Of course, Earl Spence, a winner last week over Danny Garcia. I thought it was a brilliant exhibition for a guy that like rolled over in a car at 115, 120 miles per hour, got thrown out of a car, you know, and, and misplaced his $10,000 handgun as well. I want to bring that up. He had a $10,000 pistol in the car, like a Colt 45. It was $10,000 with, with diamond, diamond grips and that kind of good stuff. Why do you need a gun like that? Anyway, um, gun, gun or not. He was thrown out of the car, but last week, you know, he he performed pretty good. I, I didn't think see any any real kinks in him. I thought he got tired on, on occasion, and uh, he got his second win and his third win. So I give Earl Spence all kinds of credit for his conditioning, no doubt about that. But this is combat sports, and like pornography in combat sports, size matters. And last week was all about size. And when you bring a a derringer to a fight with a guy that's got a machine gun, I'm talking about Spence. Spence is throwing punches, pop, 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 pop. and Danny's going. Bang. Bang. And there was like a Derringer, like a single-shot Derringer. He's got to reload it every time. Danny was landing one shot. And when he landed the one shot, he never went for it with the hook. As I said earlier, he didn't have the intestinal fortitude to commit himself to step in with the hook. And then the last second, he's like, he pulls off that crap that a lot of fighters do. The last ten seconds of the fight when they know they can't get knocked out, then they go for it. And Danny went for it. At the end of the day, the guy from Philadelphia, not a Philadelphia fighter, but I wish he would just retire. Manny Pacquiao, Earl Spence, Man. I don't want to see that either. Manny's calling the dude out. 41-year-old Manny Pacquiao is calling out Earl Spence. Mm. I don't think that's wise. But then again, who am I? I mean, Pacquiao's uh, made me... Pacquiao's proved me wrong more than I think any other fighter. I mean, think about that. He's moved up in weight. I kept saying, he's got to lose. He's got to... Why? Because... It's almost, it's impossible before Manny Pacquiao to do what he did. I'm telling you, when I went from 139 to 147, junior welterweight to welterweight, eh, people say 8 pounds, right? It was like, it was like, like a world's difference. It's incredible. So, he was able to move from like 108 pounds to 112 pounds to 122 pounds to 126 to To 130 to 135, he's he's winning championships all along. When he's winning titles, he's a main event fighter all along and beating some of the best guys along the way. I'm talking about Eric Morales and Marco Antonio Barrera, people like that. Um, and and he's rolling to 122, 126, 130, 135, 140, 147, and then I think he did something at 154 for a minute, but at a catchweight fight. But at 147, he's where where he wants to stay now. At the age of 41 years old, doesn't want to shake off the extra weight and come down to 140. I think he and T he and T. him and Tiafimo Lopez would be a mega fight. <clears throat> I mean, a mega fight and a chance where he doesn't have to give uh, in a fight in which he doesn't have to give up such a different uh huge size disadvantage like Earl Spence, man. That's going to be like man against midget. And, and man, he's fast and that kind of good stuff. But I just can't see him ever, ever get in a battle of southpaws. I can't see him ever getting past that jab. I mean, that jab of Earl Spence, it's tall. It's rangy. it, it He can go both ways. Right, he can, he switch over, switch over and do orthodox, but the right-handed jab from the southpaw position is a hell of a shot. And listen, let me tell you, I think he's a great fighter. As far as great fighters are concerned, um, Tia Fimo's great. and you know, Lomachenko was great. Janati Golovkin can go in next week. Was he ever great? Somebody shot me a text. Was he ever great? I don't know if he was ever great. He was damn good. And he was one, he was must watch TV there for a while I and mean, he was knocking everybody out and he was busting everybody out. But back to Manny Pacquiao. Nobody's ever proved me wrong. No, nobody's ever proved. Uh, uh me wrong more than Manny Pacquiao. He just hasn't. I just, I, I mean, because when he's, I mean, when he fought, when he fought Ricky Hatton. See, I had been, I beat him, I was around Ricky Hatton, and I saw him physically, size wise, and I was around Manny Pacquiao, and I saw him physically, size wise, and like it was a mismatch, size wise. I'm saying to myself, Manny Pacquiao I you no, 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 no. But Pacquiao went out there and knocked him out in a couple of rounds. So, so I mean, like I was sitting there, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I couldn't believe it. So, could Manny Pacquiao upset the apple cart one more time and take out Earl Spence? Maybe if he was to catch Spence on the chin and, and with the right hook afterwards, probably with the left cross out of the southpaw stance, but can he get close enough? That's the thing with Spence. As I said, size. Spence has his size, man. Can he ever get close enough? Manny Pacquiao, though, that's the fight he wants at 41 years old. I wish to God that he would just go away right now. Why is that? Because I, he's, a, he's a boxing god. He's an icon. He, he's more than that. He's a he's face of an entire country. And I think for him to get laid out or to get, you know, get to get drubbed like Muhammad Ali against Larry Holmes or something like that. I just don't think that would be good for the game as, as a whole. I know it wouldn't. Anyway, a guy that's coming, uh, coming around, we'll see what happens. What Tim Zoo, the, the son, of course, of, uh, former junior welterweight champion Kasha Zhu. Kasha Zhu, of course, did some good stuff in his time and on the, <laughs> Kasha, I mean, I'm gonna say he came to Vegas, he, de- he dealt with everybody. I remember Oscar Delahoy. I was chasing Oscar one night. Oscar fought. Uh, one of Hernandez, Gonzales, Miguel Gonzalez, something like that. So I'm chasing Oscar around Las Vegas, trying to get him to fight Khashoggi. He wouldn't. He goes who? I say, hey, hey, hey Oscar, what about fighting Khashoggi? Who? Yeah, yeah, the most, same thing. Like when I told him, asked him about fighting that lightweight guy, Omar Navarez. He was an undefeated lightweight champion. I think, I think he retired undefeated, or maybe lost that one fight. But straight up, Oscar said who? Yeah, Lay Ali. When I asked you, when I told you, when are you gonna fight somebody real? When are you gonna fight somebody real? Fighters don't want to step up. They don't want to step up unless you put the money out there. Put enough money out there, guys will step up. Shakur Stevenson in real easy night. There's no doubt about that. It looks like Anthony, uh, Anthony, uh, Anthony Joshua, of course, the WBC, duh, he's got a, a few different belts anyway. WBO champion as well. But the bottom line is, he's second guy. He's a second tier guy. He's not really the Linear World Heavyweight achievement, Tyson Fury. Now, Tyson Fury has no fights on the agenda, which is not good for Tyson Fury because he's had emotional issues and cocaine issues in the past. So we don't want him off. In fact, the fact that he was in camp for six weeks and didn't fight, to me, is good. It was sort of like Freddie Brown used to, like Bill O'Neill said, Freddie Brown used to uh, trick Duran and tell Duran, yeah, we got to fight in six weeks. We go down to Panama and get Duran training. And then, you know, like four weeks into it, he said, "Ah, we're not going to fight until another month something like that, just to get Duran rocking and ready, because that was Roberto's thing. He wasn't ready two fights in a row. I mean, except for that last run he had, uh, what I mean, ready? He was ready, but he wasn't a 100% two fights in a row a lot of times. Of course, you know, as a lightweight, that was a different story. But when he moved up at weight, welterweight, of course, the first fight with Ray Leonard, June 20th, 1980, he just smoked Ray. I mean, he beat Ray hand-to-hand, no doubt about that. And, of course, they came back, like, this the November 25th, 1980, a rematch. They rushed that rematch, of course, Top cap, uh, Mike Traynor. Man, he's smart, dude. No doubt about that. Sugar Leonard's attorney said he sent some dude down to Panama, saw Roberto weighing like 200 pounds, said, let's offer him more money he's ever made in his life and we'll get him assigned the fight. So they were talking about offering like two and a half, three million bucks because the most he'd ever made was 1.5 million before. But to make sure Duran came and to make sure they got Duran in bad shape, they offered him 8.5 million dollars. So Duran took the 8.5 million dollars. Of course, there was a no-moss fight that went down. <clears throat> People keep asking me this over and over again. I think Duran was on the verge of getting, uh, embarrassed further because he wasn't in the greatest condition. He bowed out. You know, everybody says that's really, really bad. I'm the only one that doesn't. You know why? Because if size buzzing me or if I'm buzzed and something's about to happen, what can I say? I, I don't. I don't know. I, I've never quit in a fight, but I, I don't give. I give Duran a pass on that one. You are tuned the Ring Talk Live worldwide.
0: Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
1: He is the greatest fighter. Of all times, next to me. If you remember the movie Friday with Ice Cube, there was a guy in the movie that played the town bully. I'm talking about Debo. Of course, his real name is Tommy Tiny Lister. 62 years old. Died yesterday, day before yesterday from COVID-19. Did an interview on December 4th. I watched part of the interview. He was obviously suffering from something there. He was having problems breathing and coughing and that kind of good stuff. So, wow. I mean, Debo. Like the second baddest dude in Friday. I mean the, the toughest guy in the neighborhood and he's knocked down. Sixty two year old sixty two years old, of course, a former professional wrestler under the name of Zeus. He did a lot of movies. He was a smart dude. Everybody I know that, that I never met to do, but the few people I know that did meet him said he was a nice guy, both before in front of the camera and behind the camera. Of course, some actors aren't. Straight up we wish him the very best in his family. Of course, condolences. Tommy Tiny Lister, of course, Debo, dies of COVID-19-related symptoms at the age of 62 years old. You are tuning to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Of course, this is the Saturday edition, thank goodness, the Sunday edition. Ring Talk Live Worldwide comes to you at 11 a.m. Pacific time. You're right here on Sports Byline, Radio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio Channel 217. My guests will include the retired HBO godfather, Mr. Larry Merchant himself. We'll try to push on Larry on the Philadelphia days, of course, back in the days when he was like the king of Philly, as far as the big-time writers are concerned. We'll talk about that and more with Larry merch tomorrow on Ring Talk Live Worldwide. That is Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific time, right here on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, SiriusXM, Satellite Radio Channel 217. The executive producer, the one and the only, Scott Cuddy. Until next time, my name is Pedro Fernandez, and I know you could be doing a million things right now. The fact you're listening to Ring Talk Live Worldwide on Sports Byline, well, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. This is Ring Talk. Live worldwide.